Hello! Welcome back! Did you miss us? It's the Sports Block Podcast. We were off last week. Quite the busy week. And, uh, yours truly here, Nathan Sackett. And Travis Krenz, my long-lost friend, how have you been? I haven't spoken with you in a Coons age. In a Coons age, uh, we didn't do a show on Mother's Day. So, I like to wish all the mothers happy birthday, as yes. we do every year. Yes, we do. Yep. Uh... All the all the mothers out there, very good. A um, little different here this year, which is a good thing. Uh, Kelsey celebrating uh, her first Mother's Day here with Noah. Uh, Noah did uh, that. He signed a card, I think. Did he? No, I don't think he he did for her birthday. Um, but he got her flowers. That was very nice of him. Uh, that he's well ahead of schedule. Yes, uh, he he bought her flowers with that uh, awesome allowance that we've been giving him. So. <laughs> Uh, he, he's a working man already, that's for sure. Uh, so we were off last week. Um, you know, like I said, I was busy, had stuff to do. You know what? We got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs going on. I really think the you know the Kentucky Derby was you know a couple weeks ago. Justify one that was great. Uh, I think really the big news is that Jason Witten retired and joined the Monday Night Football crew, and uh, and uh, Matt Ryan got a huge deal with the Falcons, so that's big. Uh, Anything happen on Monday this week that uh, pertains to the sports world at all? Uh, sports betting and uh, basketball. Wow. I mean, listen, it, the, the Supreme Court uh, got rid of they, they said that uh, the federal ban on sports betting is no more. So states can bet on a, a state-by-state basis, like they can legalize sports betting here, uh, I would say that out of all of the major sports leagues, that the NFL is most against this. I would say the NHL probably comes in right behind them. Uh, but uh, this is a monumental day, wouldn't you say? It's very good. It already happened, so it looks like it will. Uh, I, I would assume more people will bet, I guess, since it's, it'll be more widely available. But I think there's a lot of people that do it already. So, but maybe we'll get more casual people uh, doing it if, if it is available. Do you uh, just have to see, do you, see how widespread it is? Right. Do you feel, though, like we could see more 1919, you know, Chicago White Sox? Or who was the referee? No. Tim, Donag- Tim Donaghy? Is that correct, I believe? Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the betting scandals and stuff, do you? That's my biggest fear in all of this because I'm fine with you know them legalizing sports gambling. I mean, people want to do it, do it. I mean, that's that's the whole point here. I mean, how many now? You know, the March Madness tourney bracket challenge is like legal, right? Oh my! Look out! Look at that! Sure. I mean, it, it's 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 officially legal. Well, uh, if it's in uh, South Dakota, they're not going to do anything, right? Uh, I've got a map here. Uh, states that would likely offer sports betting within two years. Uh, New Jersey, I think, uh, is going to do it uh, tomorrow. They're right on the deal here. Delaware, um, too, I think, is is right up there. Some of the Northeast is there. New York uh, is not. Within five years, I guess. So there's uh, the majority of the states within five years has a North Dakota within five years. Uh, Nebraska, no. South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, no. Uh, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, yes, they say within five years. Um, you know, we're, I mean, obviously South Dakota just, we're a hundred years behind everybody in, any, in anything. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's good. Uh, I don't think 
don't have to worry about those scandals. Um, Off offhand, how many states have professional sports teams? I want to say it's like two thirds. I want to say it's it's close to thirty. How many states? Thir- states. Yep. So like, if we go yeah, down I- the map, it, Washington, Oregon. With you know, the people free at Portland Trailblazers, you have California, yep. of course, Nevada now with yep. the uh, the Golden Knights and soon to be uh, Raiders. You have Utah. <laughs> you have Utah with the Jazz, Arizona with all their teams, Texas, Oklahoma with the Thunder. Um, then, of course, Missouri, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, Louisiana. Uh, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina. Uh, does DC? Count? I mean, I don't know where. Like the where do the Washington DC teams count? I guess it's still the District of Columbia, so you would take that. Maryland is in there. Then, of course, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, Ohio. I think I forgot them. So offhand, like maybe that's like half the states. I got it. Probably more than half. I gotta count that, but I mean they have this really, truly uh, Colorado. I forgot Colorado. I mean that so that it truly affects really or majorly impacts half of the states that have professional sports teams. I mean, sure. let's let's be real, and let's also like people are making this out to be a huge deal, and it is, but it's also just the Supreme Court saying, yeah, the federal government can't really regulate this. The states have the option. To legalize sports betting, it's not like, like, as you said, you know, some states will legalize it within two days or or two years or five. Yeah, maybe New Jersey will in two days, but um, you know, Nevada, it, it it's just the option to. It doesn't mean that they're going to. So I think you know, while it is a like I say, a monumental day, you do have to take a look at the grand scheme of things in the in the larger scope and say, okay, yeah, it's. It's it's still not like a definitive done deal with every state, so you can't go if you're living in Utah and drop a million dollars on you know the Jazz to win the NBA championship next year because it's just uh I mean they they have to legalize it first. Yeah, I don't know how this will affect Las Vegas since it is legal there. Mm-hmm. Um, last year. Sports betting illegally was about two and a half to three billion dollars. So it's a lot of money, and uh, you can tax the money. So it'll be a lot. Uh, and the leagues, the leagues want a a, a portion, a bullshit, a bullshit portion. They claim is an integrity fee. Uh, if I'm any state or whoever has to pay this integrity fee, I would, I would not pay this. This does this doesn't do anything. This is just. Uh, well, the NBA, they're in the forefront. They probably want it. Yes. And uh, Adam Silver said, like, they wanted a 1% cut of, of something. They probably won't get that much, but they'll get something, and uh, they'll be happy with it, and they'll get, you know, millions and millions of dollars. So, um, I mean, like, Dakota won't do it. But right. Sioux, Sioux Falls is the second biggest market outside of the Twin Cities for Minneapolis sports. Uh, so that sucks for, you know, Sioux Falls people that would like the bets. And even Minnesota people, because it doesn't appear Minnesota will be in on it anytime soon. Again, and I, I mentioned this before, I, I posed the question, is that truly how much do you think, you, as you said, like the integrity fee, but, you know, 
truly, I, I think it is it is going to be very curious to see just how much will sports change now that there's betting. Like, will will players take some money under the table to affect an outcome? I would certainly hope not, because I don't think it's worth it in the grand scheme of things. And uh, but it is something that. I think now we really truly have to think about. And you know, I I was reading something on Pro Football Talk, and it was about you know oh, Pittsburgh. You know, there's going to be large betting because they're always going to bet that the Steelers are going to be good. So like this, how is that going to drive? Uh, even if the Steelers suck, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger retires, I mean, they're going to need a year with Mason Rudolph uh, to get going. But so how much is how much is that going to affect? You know, with with these loyalists here just kind of pushing up the the ante, so to speak. Uh, I mean, is that a problem? Do you foresee it potentially being a problem? Or if it is a problem, how big could it be? The good thing is if you've been on sports long enough, you're going to lose. Um, you're not going to win. So that would be good for the sports books and the casinos and wherever this would take place. Uh, somehow the guy that's president now lost money on a casino. That's hard to believe. You lost money on a rigged game that's rigged in your favor. That's very difficult to do. Um, so I'm not, yeah, if, if Pittsburgh people want to bet all on Pittsburgh to win games or the division of the Super Bowl, I mean, they're going to lose their money because that's what happens when you bet on sports. Right, but um, like the, the sports books would potentially lose a lot of money. Like, every, like Vegas casinos are going to lose or could lose a lot of money should oh, Vegas even make no. the Stanley Cup. Because of all the Vegas people just immediately with the the excitement of the Golden Knights, you know, even before the season started, they put their money on long shot. Yeah, but, I mean, now that it's legal, you have that there. And I guess the thing with the Steelers is that, for the most part, the Steelers are consistently very good. So you're going to take them to win all these games, win the division. So if, if Pennsylvania legalizes sports gambling... Wouldn't their books take a heavy hit, especially in the fall, because people would be, unless you're going to drive that number up, and I don't know, is that how it's going to happen, depending on how many people bet, would you take, like, are they going to set the over-under for wins in a season at 12 and a half, let's say? No, no, no. I I got a thing here. Las Vegas sports books have won won, uh, money in a month. They've had a positive month. How many months in a row do you bet? Las Vegas sports books, they've won they've won more money than they've lost how many consecutive months? I would say I feel like you're gonna say the number is large, but I'm just gonna say four. Fifty five. Oh, see, yep, yep, I was sports way off. Books do not lose money. They do not lose money. So if you want a sports book and you get somebody that can set odds, that knows what they're doing. It's goddamn near impossible to not make money. Let's see. Sportsbooks in Nevada won $10 million last month. And this is from March. So this was February or March. They won $10 million just in March. So, I mean, I mean when uh, they say they take a hit, that still means like, oh, maybe your profit goes from like 15 to $10 million, which is sizable, but you're still making money. Yeah, so if when they take a hit when they, you know, they need this team to win or or that team when they take a hit but it's you know they won for what this is every every month they won for four or five years in a row now so uh they, they do very well it's if you open up a sports book uh you get enough of the public to bet you're going to make money uh the integrity clause i don't have bullshit um you mentioned the 1919 black Sox. 
Um, that was a case where back then somebody could pay the players more to mm-hmm. throw the series than they were actually making. And now when you're making, you know, 20 or 30 million a year, the players just on the field and another 30 million in endorsements, they really can't offer the players anything. You know, to throw a game. Here's ten million dollars to throw a game. I mean, I, I don't see that. That's not going to happen. So, integrity climbing. The integrity of the game is not going to change because it's already it's already illegal, and now it's legal. So, sure. I think it's fine. And am I allowed to say that you? you know, I mean, that you have bet. Uh, you know, you have done some sports. Oh, betting I have before. bet many money. Right. Money's on this. So, yes. I mean, I just don't want to get you in trouble for anything. But I mean, you you've done this. So, and I've lost. Yes. So you you I've won and I've lost. you you know more of this. You have more insight to this, I guess, than I do. So that's why I guess I'm asking you for your perspective on this because I don't do DraftKings a whole lot or you know whatever the whatever the other ones are out there. I I don't do a lot of that. My main uh, like when I. That I mean, it's really in regards to fantasy football or March Madness. Though those are really the only things that I do regarding sports betting. But obviously, there's sites out there where you can, when where you can do that, where you can place this money and, and win and stuff. So I mean, just obviously for regarding the law here or the the the, the, the Supreme Court's decision, that's certainly going to help these sites as well. But is there anything else that I think that we really, really, truly need to take away from this? A decision other than the fact that states get to legalize sports betting should they choose to do so and you know anything related to sports how that would affect like the NFL's concerned about the integrity oh yeah NFL sucks I, I know this the NFL's stupid right like they saw like the DraftKings and FanDuel I mean that was all over the TV it was like every commercial FanDuel, break yep, thank you had a commercial for this goddamn thing like yep. enough with the FanDuel and, and the shit so that was all over the place, and that was apparently legal. That's a form of gambling, fantasy football, March Madness. Everybody does it. They don't, it's not like they crack down on anybody. It's a positive because now you don't have to find some website on some island in the middle of the uh, Gulf of Mexico to bet on, which uh, you try to find the best you can. And uh, here, hopefully, you know, you can uh, state locally, you can go to a physical place, and I'm sure I'll be will have websites and you can take money uh, from your bank account or wherever your PayPal and put in a couple hundred bucks and you can bet whatever the hell you want. So I think it'll just be safer and uh, it's uh, an overall positive for everybody. Very good. So we'll see where this goes. We'll see what states decide to take it up. If you were to if you were to venture a guess and you know you looked at that you have that site where they're talking about legalizing within two years or five years or whatnot. Yep. If you if you had to venture a guess, let's let's split it right down the middle in three years. Out of all the states that choose to legalize sports betting, do you think the majority will be states that have a pro team, football, baseball, hockey, or basketball, or will they be not the states that don't have uh, have a professional team? Probably do. New Jersey does. They're Kitchen yep. to, to get this done here. Um, Delaware, I guess, is close, and they don't have any. Right. Uh, Connecticut, Connecticut doesn't, right? Right. They, they used um, to with the Hartford Whalers. 
I mean, Iowa does it, so like they'll be in the mix. Mississippi, so it's not like maybe the opposite. So no. Okay. Uh, so so the majority of states that don't have a team, you think. Or that's uh, states that don't have a professional team will make up the majority of states that legalize sports gambling within the next three years. Let's say. Yeah, Mississippi, no. Uh, West Virginia doesn't. Uh, New York and Pennsylvania obviously do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got California is a big one. Um, I would say early on, it looks like states without teams. Nevada's there. Uh, New Jersey's going to do it. Delaware's going to do it. Then you're looking at Connecticut, Iowa, Mississippi, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania. Also, those do not. So, um, Oregon and Montana already have laws, somewhat, that are small. They could uh, expand those. Then you got about a, uh, a dozen states or so that, that may be in the mix. So, And, mm-hmm. and Utah, I guess, is, is would be the last one, apparently, because Utah sucks. Well, I mean, they don't even allow beer at casinos or some casinos. They're dry casinos. I mean, it's like they just—it's very religious. It's a devoutly religious state, and they have certain laws that restrict them on that. I often wonder that, like, if you go to a jazz game, how many people there actually buy, let's say, an, an alcoholic beverage? Are they even allowed Mitt to? Romney? Mitt Romney? No. I mean, is he buying for everyone? Probably not. Okay, uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl last, you know, know, Eagles, Patriots, Super Bowl. Uh, Las Vegas sports books had come out ahead in 25 of the last 27 Super Bowls. So they'd won money on their biggest day of the year. The only two they didn't win was 08, Giants, Patriots, and uh, 49ers, Chargers in 95. Apparently they lost money on that. So they, they did good again. That they did so very, it, like I say, in a, a historic day. But I think again, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, like it, it's not as it, it's a big deal. It'll be a while. It's a big deal, but it's not like a, oh, every like you can everyone can do this now legally. No, no, the states still get to regulate whether or not it is indeed legal. So and I want to see how far this goes, and if there's even. I think we're going to get to a point where. I believe they even do this uh, in soccer in some European cities. Uh, you can place bets actually in the arena or in the soccer stadium. So I think we'll get there. At some if point. you like, speaking of soccer, uh, do you think Hamburg fans were betting on their team getting relegated from the Bundesliga uh, after? Did you see that video of all the fans throwing flares onto the field and just wreaking havoc after Hamburg lost? I don't even know who they lost to. But uh, they got relegated because that's what they do in soccer, which I think is it's a very interesting concept. You suck, you get you get knocked down a level. Uh, obviously, it's a huge impact financially, but you can work your way back up. I believe. I don't know the the, the exact. Um, you know, be like in the, I listen to the Dan Patrick show as I try to do every day. Yep. So that's how I. Well, that's how I knew what the hell this was all about. If it's in this league or some league, um, I don't even. I don't think they have. Playoffs. I don't think they have playoffs in some of them. Um, I think the top, at least the top two in the secondary league, the top two move up, and I think they said there was some sort of a playoff for that third spot to move up. So it's probably like the bottom three and the top three switch, at least in one of these leagues. Well, like within like a couple of years, or is it just one year that they get knocked out? Every year. Every year. Uh, I think it's it's every year. 
top two, top three, they go up and down. So that's the only thing I like about soccer. Well, the, the, so good luck to you, Hamburg. Uh, just that that I mean, soccer fans, we've seen people do irate, stupid shit all the time at uh, at stadiums, whether, you know, it's actually killing people or, you know, fighting. I mean, this is not the first time that flares have gone on to a, a soccer field before, but, uh, I mean, this, it, it, it's just, it's still not a good look. Uh, I think the when they use the word hooligans to describe soccer fans, obviously it's not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't put a cloak around every soccer fan, but uh, I mean this. It, it doesn't make every. It doesn't make many soccer fans look good. I mean they. This would be like the. This is the Philadelphia Eagles of the soccer community, right? It is. They get very excited about a, a dumb sport. So very often. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, that's our soccer talk here. How about let's talk? Hey, we're in the Western, or we're in the conference finals in both the NHL. No, the, the NBA finals started tonight, Stack. And the oh, NBA that's, they finals did. started. Yes, they did. Yes, they, they did. did. Uh, Golden State in Houston. They uh, TNT gets this wonderful series. Uh, ESPN or ABC, the Disney Corporation gets Cleveland and Boston. But the the, the de facto NBA. Uh, Finals is in the Western Conference. You have Golden State, you have Houston. A lot of eyeballs on this here. By the way, the Vegas Knights gave up a goal. Cut the Winnipeg cut the league to two to one. A minute later, Vegas scores three one. Golden yeah, Knights. Right. Yeah, Here's let's get thing. going. Screw you, Jets. Here's the thing: if, if, it's, if it's Winnipeg and Washington, I'm out. I'm out. What? It's got to be Vegas. What? It's got to be Vegas. Winnipeg sucks. You know how I feel about Washington. If, if it's uh, if it's Jets, Caps. That sucks to high heaven. It's Vegas or nothing. Well, Nashville uh, screwed the pooch. Penguin <laughs> screwed the pooch. Uh, if it's not Vegas, then I'm out. Are you kidding? Like Winnipeg, Tampa Bay would even like would a dozen people watch that here in the states? Well, I, would, I don't like Washington. Right? Um, well, you don't like Alex Ovechkin? Why not? I don't care. His teeth. There's not as many teeth as there should be. Well, there, no um, hockey player has all their teeth. What do we what do we call Washington? The the, the the Raptors of the deal, the Virginia of the deal. No, the, the Raptors uh, of the it, NHL, but they hey they overcame. They finally did it. Yes, they finally did it. They and they look great through two games here. I'm hoping to get Marcus on for the podcast here, sure. um, and and we'll we'll talk more about this. But I mean Washington, I think it to me it. Remember when Steve Young won that Super Bowl? You mentioned it, the 49ers Chargers Super Bowl. Yeah, yep, the the proverbial monkey off his back and they ripped it off. That is that is for the Capitals, the the Penguins. They ripped that off and I think, you know, you could just rather than, you know, sit and say, "Hey, at least we got over the Penguins and made it further. We made it to the conference finals." They're like, "Okay, we got past this. We're going to roll through everyone." And they've just steamrolled the the Lightning so far through the the first couple of games winning both on the road. Washington 7 and 1 uh playoff road record. We'll see if they can do it. I believe they will beat the Lightning, but I mean, you just sense that the the confidence that this team has right now and uh it, it is really something. Just to give you some perspective on this, since falling into an 0-2 hole against the Columbus Blue Jackets when they lost both games to start that series at home in overtime the Washington Capitals are 10 and 2 that's pretty remarkable stuff and that includes 7 of those 10 wins coming on the road on away from home ice impressive run 
Uh, the Jets are knocking off all my teams, so I don't appreciate that. Right. Uh, between the two, between the two, I would put the Jets over uh, Washington for rooting interest, but uh, we would all prefer to see Vegas. Well, we, we would prefer you know, a Vegas-Washington Stanley Cup yeah. final is oozing with storylines. Of course, the top two being Alex Ovechkin trying to seek his first Stanley Cup and Vegas, an expansion team looking to win the Stanley. I mean, it's unheard of. I, I, that's the that is the absolute marquee series that uh, that the NHL can hope for. And I almost dare I say it may be the Stanley Cup uh, final you know series that the NHL was hoping for at the outset of this uh, of this tournament. You know, given you know that Chicago wasn't in it on the Western Conference side. Uh, you, you have this story with Vegas. I mean, the Kings, the Sharks, the, the Ducks, they don't do anything. Uh, Minnesota, no. Nashville. Nashville would have been the second best team, I think, uh, out, out, of the, the, out of the teams in the West, only behind Vegas. I think that those are truly the, the – this is truly the team that the NHL wants to see if they have a true rooting interest, which they say they won't. Sure. But, um, go Vegas. We, we need Vegas to get it there. We do, we do, absolutely. Uh, but going to, you know, staying on the Western Conference side, but switching from the ice to the court, you have Golden State, you have Houston here. Uh, both teams ran through uh, the 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 Warriors ran through the Pelicans, the the Rockets through the Jazz. Um, I I still think though in this series, I you have to take the Warriors until someone knocks them down. Is is Houston ready for that? I think they can be, but. I think experience is going to play a role in this, and yes, Chris Paul got the proverbial monkey off his back by making it to the conference finals. But uh, in, until someone knocks him off, you gotta go with Golden State. That's just my personal opinion, though. Like the Warriors to win it in five. Uh, I think they're better than Houston. Watching Houston here, watching Harden dribble around. Watching Chris Paul dribble around, I was watching the pregame show, and it's they're off. I mean, they shoot a lot of threes. It's um, they shot more threes so than twos this year. They did, then that's that's exciting. Um, but it's just you know, it's just isolation, one guy on one, one on one, and um, you know, Golden State does a lot better job sharing the basketball. They had I think seventy percent of their field goals were assisted on this year which was by far and away the best in the league. So I, it should be a good series. First half of the series was, of the first game, was, I thought, very good. And I, I just think Golden State, I think they won game one, and I think they uh, they went in five. Obviously, we're recording as this game is in progress here. Uh, I mean, for, for Houston, the, the one thing that was fascinating, Chris Paul absolutely took over in game five against Utah. And he scored what forty-one points, including twenty in the fourth quarter. He was he was great, absolutely great. But you're not going to see that time and time again. Uh, C- Capella, he's been very good throughout the playoffs, but they are only going to go so far as James Harden can take him. And James Harden had twenty-four points in the first half uh, for the Rockets, and like, that's just not going. If you score almost half your team's points in the half. That isn't going to that, that that isn't winning basketball, especially against a team like Golden State, who can have Clay Thompson go off or uh, 
you know, Kevin Durant, obviously, Steph Curry, Draymond Green even could get his buckets in there. But I mean, those, those, you're going to need more than just James Harden to score, uh, you know, half your team's points if you want a chance to beat this team. Yeah, they are. James Harden can get his 40, but again, um, I think Golden State's got the next three best players that you mentioned in this series better than Chris Paul. Uh, Durant playing awfully well in game one. I mean, there's deeper, there's a better team. They're they're better at pretty much everything. They're a better defensive team. Uh, They're better offensively sharing the ball. They've got more options offensively. Uh, I just think they're better. Absolutely. Uh, So you have the Warriors in five. I will take... I'll take the Warriors in six just because I think they will win it at home. Um and not on the road, but uh, I, yeah, it's certainly a compelling series. Anything else going on with this series that uh, that really fascinates you? A lot of people are saying like this is a must-win for Houston in Game One. That if they lose this, the series is done. So I think it's very important if Houston wins wins this first game. Well, right, because they would set the tone. Because otherwise, it's like okay, same. I mean, the Warriors are gonna are going to take this. Houston can at least then put some doubt, perhaps, into that. That hey, like maybe this is their time. And, like, uh, you know, you're going to have to probably, as always, win two at Golden State because Golden State's probably going to get one on your court. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what Cleveland did a few years ago. When they knocked them off, they won two at Golden State. So, um, you'd expect Golden State to win at least one game in Houston. I mean, Houston's going to have to win two in Oakland, and I don't see them doing that. No. Now, would the NBA, of course, they they all want to see Warriors-Cavs, but I feel like there's more fatigue with it this year because I don't think anyone is giving the Cavs a chance this year. I think last year people thought that, oh, maybe maybe Cleveland can do it. This year, no chance. There's absolutely no chance that Cleveland... Do they even win a game? I don't even think they're going to win a game. No, well, I mean, we didn't think they would... Yeah, I mean, it was looking like they wouldn't win a game last year. Uh, and then they, they they lost in five last. I think they're gonna get swept. Yeah, no, I no, I'm in complete agreement with you this year. So I, I mean, you're gonna get a lot of eyeballs, but I think there's there's some Warriors Cavs fatigue, and this is I think clearly the worst of the four um, series that or the the four matchups that we've sure. seen in the finals. So would Boston Houston be any better? I can't. Say, no, no, uh, no, no. I'd like well, you. You get so many more eyeballs for Warriors Rockets. There's no way you get even close to that for Boston and Houston. Even though you do have James Harden, Boston doesn't have the... I mean, it's remarkable what Boston has done, first off. But they don't have... Who are you tuning in for to watch Boston? Al Horford? You got your Boston Celtics loyal fans, but you're going to try and get the casual fan to tune in for a Boston Celtic? No, thank you. You're going to tune in for James Harden, if anything. Like Celtics, they're, they're a good name. They're, uh, it's very rare... Right. To have an underdog story in the NBA, very rare to have that. So mm-hmm. we kind of have that in Boston. Yes, you do. And I think they've shown they can give Cleveland a series. Um, but LeBron's there, so since he's there, he's probably going to win it for what, the seventh, eighth year in a row. And he's going to lose again, like he usually does. So uh, he's the big draw. See if one man can take down one of the great dynasties ever thus far. He's one for three. Soon to be one for fours. So. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, going to that Eastern Conference final, uh, Boston wiped the floor with Cleveland. Uh, 
uh, I mean, is that an anomaly, do we think, in the series? Of course, LeBron, LeBron was awful. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it in Game 1. I can't imagine we're going to see another game like that in this series. Um, I do think Boston stands a, uh, certainly a fighting chance against the the Cavs in the series, but they have to maintain, uh, they have to keep winning on home court. They're undefeated at home in the postseason, like I say, as of the recording of this podcast, so who knows, I mean, if that will continue. They, strug- well, they struggle like on... They're, they're, oh, go ahead. It's not like they're playing... Well, I think there's four basketball games in the next ten days. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Both series combined, so it took them a while to get this series going, and... Uh, it's going to take a while for this for these series to get done. Yeah, it's ridiculous the the amount of time off in between the like games two and three, and even just to get it started. Like, come on, you know, started on Saturday, Sunday. That be, be smart, uh, NBA. But the obviously they know what they're doing. But uh, percent chance that you give Boston here? I'm actually going to give them a fairly high percent chance because the Cavs' dominance of the Raptors is an anomaly because they always dominate the Raptors. So you can't look at how well the Cavs played in the Eastern Conference semifinals in that second-round series and say, oh, yeah, the Cavs, they're good, they're safe. You know, this this is the team we expect. No, it's against Toronto. That, that That's... They're the Washington Capitals of the N- of the NBA, and I think we can now maybe say some good stuff, obviously, about the Capitals. But um, I, th- what they did against Toronto is an anomaly compared to what we ex- what we've seen or what we should see in these playoffs. Right now, Vegas has it as a fifty fifty series. I think that's reasonable. I'll give, I give Boston a thirty percent chance. Yeah, they got it went on uh, went home. I would love to see a game seven in which the home teams win all six games. And to see what happens, I think that'd be a very good mm-hmm. game seven. It'd be very intriguing. Uh, I think Cleveland wins in six. The difference in the, in the Toronto and Indiana series was that LeBron got some help against Toronto. Kevin Love had 20 points. Uh, other folks did well. J.R. Cor- Smith had about a dozen. Corver played well. Uh, he, he had some help. He didn't have any help against Indiana. Yep. And uh, so he had significant help against Toronto. I, I feel like uh, this Toronto series will be misremembered because... Thank you, Roger game Clemens. Four, yes, it was it game three? At game four, they didn't even try. Right. Game. It was game three that nearly went in overtime. They came back. Toronto came back. And that and LeBron incredible bank better. shot. So they could have won that one in game one. They let slip away. So very easily could have been 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Uh, two, two. It could have been easily 2-2. Two, two. It was a sweep. Yep. So. And there was an officiating gaffe in game one. Kevin Love threw an elbow. I thought it should have been a flagrant one. I don't know how they didn't um, look at it or reverse the call, but they didn't. So, I mean, that could that would have, I think, if had they called that, that then the Raptors win game one. And then who knows uh, what we see then the you know, the, how that series plays out. But do you believe that Dwayne Casey should have gotten fired? I don't... I get where Toronto is saying, hey, we need to make a change here because, you know, the, the Cavaliers, LeBron James, he's our kryptonite. We just can't can't get by him. But no one has been able to stop LeBron James in the Eastern Conference over the last almost decade. So, I mean, is, is it really worth firing a guy who is potentially the head coach of the year in the NBA who led... Yeah, it, it went... Right, he won it. The, the AP, right? 
He won the coach of the year. Yeah. And they fired him. I thought it was great. I, mean, I thought it was fantastic. 59 was wins is a franchise record. Uh, so I, I don't think it's really... This wasn't warranted, but I I get it to a degree. You need someone to be able to push Kyle Lowry and DeMar, you know, DeMar DeRozan, especially when these guys are locked into maths, massive contracts. Like, you can't... It's theoretically almost impossible that you'll be able to move either of these guys, so you need to try and, and do something to, to, to change the, the 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 thinking. You know, I know that... Who's that... Uh, Budenhoser or you know Budenhoser, the the former Hawks coach and Spurs assistant under Greg Popovich, he's the the leading candidate for both Milwaukee and Toronto. So we'll see who uh, which team gets his services. Um, I, I again, I get the firing, but I don't at the same time. I think it's a little irrational, but are they just saying like, hey, we have to try something because we were this was the best we've ever been and probably ever will be. I don't think Dwayne Casey matters at all. Like, he's just a guy. Very classy letter he wrote, though, to the fans, didn't you think? Sure. Like, like, like all the stories this year, the Raptors are different, and Dwayne Casey's this great coach. And, like, and we talked about it before. It's like, come on, what are we doing? Toronto Raptors, where the fuck are they going to be? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Honest to Christ. They're yeah. going to have to be Cleveland... That ain't gonna happen. I think Boston would have beat them. Philadelphia, where Philadelphia would have played them. I think hopefully Philadelphia would have beat them. Like, I don't think it matters. They're just stuck. They're stuck. They're, they're, where they're a good team, but you need two, at least two, Hall of Fame players to win a title. You don't need them to get there, but you need them to win win the thing. And if you're not trying to win the thing, then get the hell out of here. And they obviously don't have even one Hall of Famer let alone two or three. Right. Cleveland's got one. Cleveland's got the second best player ever, one of the five best ever. That's enough to get you there. Yep. Golden State's got two Hall of Famers, probably another one in there in the mix. Yep. Houston's got a couple. Toronto doesn't have one, so that. Yeah. Very interesting here. Let's go from the court, unless you have anything else NBA-related. Oh, yeah, the draft lottery is that coming up? Yeah, that's uh, that's Tuesday. Find out uh, who gets the the ping pong ball and and uh, I mean who who's the number one prospect this year? I pick Aiden from uh, Arizona. Oh yeah, yep, DeAndre Aiden. Yep, that's. I mean, a lot of people like the the Missouri dude at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but that like back, I think that's a little bit of a concern. Well, he'll be. I think he'll be a top ten pick. You got uh, Jackson, the big guy for. Michigan State, you got a foreign yep. guy, I don't know who the hell he is, some European dude, is going to be, who the hell knows if he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Cleveland is going to get like the seventh or eighth pick if things go the way they should. So that's intriguing for Cleveland to keep LeBron. Um, I floated this out. If you are the Timberwolves, would you trade Jimmy Butler to Cleveland for Kevin Love and that first pick? Mm. Would, t- would the Timberwolves uh, do that? Would look, Cleveland look, do that? Look, because that's a protected pick, right? I think it's theirs. No, or, I'm sorry, but uh, like that's going to be a top three pick. No, 
the Nets were not terrible, so if, if things go the way it should, it'll be like the seventh or eighth pick. Uh, seventh or eighth, I don't know if that's incredibly worth it. I think I'd keep Butler. It would have to be, what, the number five? I would say three. For, I would say top five. I, I, honestly, top three. I mean, maybe I'd go five, but no more than that. And I think Kevin Love, while he shows flashes of brilliance, I... There's just something about you know, him injuries. I think that's a concern. Not not that like Jimmy Butler's been you know unscathed by injuries. Of course, look at what happened this year. But um, I I think Jimmy Butler is more of a Tom Thibodeau guy than uh, than Kevin Love would be. Is that a fair thing to say? Like I'm sure you could trade Wiggins. You want to get rid of Wiggins. You don't want to get rid of Butler. But to get something in return, you got to give something up. So I would also say like it 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 does depend on if. If you think Butler's going to stay with your team after the season, because he's a the free agent, so uh, after this upcoming season, so if he if you know he's going to resign, then I say keep Butler regardless. But if if there's any hesitation on his part, I like say eh, maybe. I mean, if if he's not going to say, yeah, I'm going to. You guys are my first priority, but if you know you don't come to the table with something good and someone else offers more. Then I'm going to leave. I, I, I don't know. I, I would have to see where Jimmy Butler's at in terms of his uh, commitment to Minnesota before I would say yes, trade him. Three pointers are what the NBA is now. Yep. And it's interesting that outside of this guy from Slovenia, who's also six eight two twenty five, like every European guy seems to be, um, the top five guys college guys who are likely to get picked are all 6'10 or taller. Ooh. I mean, you're... you're yeah. DeAndre Eaton's a 7-footer. He can shoot a little bit. Uh, Marvin Bagley from Duke, 6'11". That Jaron Jackson from Michigan State, 6'11". can shoot a little bit. You got Michael Porter, who's somehow 6'10". You got Wendell Carter from Duke, who is 6'10". So, the, the Wolves don't need any tall sons of bitches. They need some shooters, which they yep. still don't have. Right. Um, so even if it was, you know, the top three pick, like, who would they pick out of that one? I mean, do you want Marvin Bagley, for Christ's sake? Right. Do you want Aaron? You already got Towns in there, so, yeah. I mean, Trey Young would be in that seven or eight mix. Mo Bamba will be, you know, top ten probably. At Bridges from Villanova. I want J.J. Redick. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be uh, that would be ideal. JJ Reddick would be ideal. Uh, Philadelphia also gets a pick from somebody, so uh, Philadelphia, I think, would add to uh, to their collection of folk. So good for them. Let's go to the diamond now, baseball, uh, and uh, the Yankees have four players with ten plus home runs this season. Uh, season is a month and a half old. How big of a deal is that? They're going to probably threaten the home run record with Seattle in the late 90s at 260, 250 home runs. So, Mike Stanton will get his 40, Judge will get his 40, Gregorius will get 30, Sanchez will get his 30, so that's what 80, 140 right there, for God's sakes. Oh, yeah, so they got half the guys that can hit the home runs. How about. Yeah, they're good. Oh, yeah, Boston's sorry. Good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and the Yankee Yankees are good. 
how about Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight, going from the Mets to the Reds, and then promptly just shutting down the Dodgers? Now the Dodgers are crap. Um, injuries have certainly plagued them to start this season, but the overall they're just not performing like they did last year. Um, but for Matt Harvey to make a statement and the Reds sweeping the Dodgers in your life. Prince, in your life, could you ever foresee the Reds going on the road to L.A., given how how bad the Reds are, and sweeping the Dodgers? Even though the Dodgers are trash so far, you, you can take at least one game from the, the Reds, right? It was a four-game series. Closest game was 5-3. to three. There wasn't even a one-run game in there. The Reds swept the Dodgers on the road four in a row. I, you know, the Dodgers, they, 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 they weren't playing well before injuries, and now you have more injuries. I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Nope, I agree. Arizona's struggling, though, right now. Yeah, they got, what, they got swept four by Washington, so that was disappointing. Uh, a positive, I guess, for the Dodgers, they're eight games under five hundred, but their run differential is only minus one. So it seems to me that they're probably not as bad as the record would indicate. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because we don't keep track of the goddamn record based on how many runs you score, how many runs they score. We keep track of the record based on how many games you actually win, how many games you actually lose. So uh, good for them. Yeah, I love the uh, the NL East, as you know. Yep. Braves are uh, looking Braves are great. I think the Braves are making the playoffs. My Phillies are just good. Uh, my Mets have fallen off the goddamn table. Did I not? Uh, and this is the hesitation I had with taking the okay. Mets. There's yeah. always some issue going on with their starting pitching staff. Someone gets injured, whether it's Jacob DeGrom or Matt Harvey falling off the horse. Uh, like, sell the Mets, Grins. Sell your, sell your stock in the Mets for this well, year. I mean, it's just not, it's not happening. Sure. Washington's coming back. They're playing much better. Obviously, they just, you know, swept the Diamondbacks, which is, which is big. Uh, no way. You could take the Braves. You could you could keep your Philly stock. Sell your Mets stock sure. for this year. Do you want to buy it? No, I'm not buying your Mets stock. Absolutely not. We're 40 games in. We're a quarter of the season in. Uh, you had the Dodgers. We all have the Dodgers winning the West. Yep. You did. You had the Diamondbacks. Well, I, I like after the first week, I switched. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, or it was, it was very early on. I switched that. Um. Any changes? Um, I think the East, I think the NL East is getting three teams. Just like what the, it was the West last year that got three teams. Yep. I think it's the Phillies are making it. I think the Braves are making it. And uh, between Washington and the Mets, you know, I th- it was Washington. I I will give you this. I think the Braves or the Phillies make it. I don't think both will. Um. I'll I'll take your Arizona stock and I'll I'll, I'll definitely buy into them. I will say that I think that Colorado can is certainly is going to be in the mix here. Um, and then I I don't Cardinals know are okay. I don't know about the Central, but I don't think the Cubs have it this year. It just yet they're it, yet they can they can still win it. This is a very average team. So I guess right now, if I would I. I will. I will only take one team out of the central based on how it's played out thus far. Um, I'll take two from the east, 
and I will take two from the West. I will I will stay with Colorado right now unless the Dodgers make a charge. I'll say three out of the East. Okay, uh, and that you know totally totally get that. I think that that's a very fascinating. Here, what's what's going on um, on the AL side? The Twins split with the Angels. I think that's that's good. They swept the Cardinals in a two, in a mini two game series. So that's uh, pun intended there, or not intended, I should say. Uh, so that was very good to see the Twins starting to rebound here, at, you know, getting some good pitching from the likes of Kyle Gibson. They ran into the buzzsaw that is Shohei Otani, but uh, overall, I'd say uh, they're. They're right where they need to be at this point, too. And I think splitting with the Angels on the road, uh, I think, provides me the confidence that this team can really step it up here, especially with likes. like There's no way that the Twins are out because they get to feast on the worst teams in the American League outside of Baltimore, in Detroit and Chicago and Kansas City. So the Twins... As bad as they have been uh, so far this year, uh, playing better as of late, and you know Irv is going to come back, so that's big news. And you know with the, the the division that they're in, I say the Twins are still in prime position to uh, to get a wild card spot, if not outright win the division. Yeah, twins are a game out of first, two games under five hundred. That's odd. Things were on the brink of disaster. Yes, two weeks ago. On the brink of twelve to thirteen, that's not good. Uh, Cleveland, especially getting swept by the race, that was the worst. Oh, and huh? then losing two of three to the Reds at home, that wasn't good either. Yeah, that was that was goddamn embarrassing. So they're 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 lucky. Uh, wild card might be out of their reach, but they're they're lucky. Cleveland's not very good, so that helps them. Well, I, I think the, uh, the reason why I think they have a chance for the wild card, though, is like I say, you can feast on. The, yeah. the the Tigers yeah. and the White like you're going to get so many wins out of those. I mean, how do, how many times do they play them? Eighteen times each in the season. That's fifty four games. You win, you know, what's a is it? There's thirty five too many. Uh, to say, I mean, it, I I think that's it, if you can get minimum thirty five games or thirty five wins against those teams. I think that's a you know that would be an average like twelve and six. If you go twelve and six against every one of those teams, get thirty six wins. That's I think that's puts them in. In great position to uh, to get a wild card. I look forward to the eighty three win Twins playing the hundred and two win Yankees in the wild card game. Oh god, that, yuck, <laughs> yuck. I mean, Boston and New York. The, you know, the, the, this wild card game is something. Yeah. Back in the day, well, thankfully there's a wild card because back in the day, if there wasn't a wild card. Either the Yankees or Red Sox wouldn't even make the playoffs, for God's sakes, and that's stupid. Yeah. With the wild card, one of them would be the wild card, and it doesn't really matter which one. But now with the one-game playoff, that division is a little bit more important now because you obviously do not want to play the one-game playoff, whether that's the Twins, the Angels, whoever the hell you're going to end up playing. Mm -hmm. Anything Anything can happen in one game. So... I think it adds a little bit more importance to win that division. And um, I love the Braves. I can't say it enough. Yep. I can't say it. For Fernando Romero. Yes, he's been great. Twins, uh, he's been goddamn great. He's, he's been a jolt. Uh, Barrios sucks. Barrios was great. First uh, three weeks, he has sucked. The last three weeks, so that's not great. 
again. Irv's coming back uh, at some point, right? Yeah, hopefully by June. Hopefully by next month. He'll be back, so he got a decision there with the pitching. Uh, Kyle Gibson turned his career around. So, it's good to see. Uh, and the baseball. Baseball's good. Got a couple no-hitters. A couple no-hitters before we... Uh, put two no-hitters in two weeks. Yeah, how is... Is this... Uh, what is it? Jamie Paxson? Is that the, the guy for the, the Mariners? Mm-hmm. James, yes, James Paxton. Yep, uh, like, is he legitimate? Like, obviously, he had, what, the 16K game against, was it the A's before they pulled him? Um, yep. That wasn't good. The, the Mariners ended up losing that game. you got to probably keep him going, but then he comes out, throws a no-hitter next time against Toronto. Like, how, how legitimate is this guy? Is, is this something that we foresee yeah. lasting for the foreseeable future? Yeah, he's their best pitcher. He can be, uh, he can be a true ace. He can be a number one guy. Uh, for him, it's just been health. He's never pitched. Last year, he had 24 starts. Year before, he had 20. Year before that, he had 13 and 13. So, the thing with him is just staying healthy. And he's never been healthy before. Uh, now he is. Last year, he had a very good year. He had a 2.98 ERA in 24 games. And, uh, this year's ERA is at, uh, three and a half. Which is, uh, decent. Yeah, he's a, he's a legitimate guy to be like a top ten Cy Young guy, maybe. Very good. Um, yeah, that's about it that I have. Anything else? My, my, for, uh, my, yeah. Mike Trout, Mike Trout got hurt last year, and yep. he was having his best year, which yep. is saying something. He's having even a better a better year this year, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt again. And he's putting it, together. One of the all-time seasons. Is he? Is it kind of getting overshadowed though by Otani? Sure, Otani's been great. I like. Uh, he's, he's probably even a better hitter than he is a pitcher. And he's a great pitcher. So for him to do what he's doing, that's fun to watch. Get some excitement. Uh, Mookie Betts is having a great season. Uh, Manny Machado having a great year. Uh, they can trade him anytime now. He's yep. having a fantastic season. Yep. Uh, Lindor for Cleveland. Slow start. He's been very hot recently. Um, the Probably the nine of the ten best players right now are in the American League. And probably, would you say, three of the best four teams are in the American League? Boston, Houston, the Yankees. Yes. Like, what, what's the best NL team? Are the Braves, Arizona, the Washington? I mean, the American League at the top is so much goddamn better than the National League. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. But it also features the worst teams in baseball. Well, I guess the NL has bad teams, too, in Atlanta and Miami. Or, I mean, not Atlanta. I'm sorry. Cincinnati and Miami. But, um, I mean. Chicago's bad. The White Sox are yeah. The White Sox are bad. The Royals are bad. The, the Orioles are a damn disaster. Texas isn't good. So uh, Tigers, yeah. On the pitching side, you got Garrett Cole for the Astros. He's been the best pitcher in baseball. You got Justin Verlander, who's maybe been the second best pitcher. Houston's probably got the two best pitchers going right now. So that's good for them. Scherzer's good. Uh, Severino for the Yankees. Nobody talks about him. He's great. Uh, Aaron Nola for the Phillies. He's having a great year. Rick Porcello for the Red Sox. Um, 
terrible last year was a Cy Young contender two years ago. Uh, he's back to being uh, more of a Cy Young contender. So, some good guys. Those are the guys that are doing good. No doubt. No doubt about it. Anything else before we say so long? No. No, I should, uh, I should about do it. Uh, Golden State is just beating the hell. Beating the hell out of Houston. Very good. And the Knights have evened the series with the Jets. So good news all the way around. Thank God. Thank God. Hold on, Golden State. Vegas won it. Uh, we've been on sports. That's legal now. Uh, fantastic day. Well, when we talk next week, maybe Game 3 will be done in the ba- in uh, both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Maybe. We only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, my friend. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. Again, yeah, the big news the, the with the sports betting there. Uh, we'll see where that takes us across the, the, the landscape in terms of uh, you know, sports betting, states legalizing it and everything. Uh, hopefully we can get Marcus Traxler on to talk more NHL uh, playoffs because uh, – you can only you can you can get so much and we're one of the probably the few podcasts out there that uh, um, routinely talks hockey during the playoff uh, time everyone focused on the NBA and stuff so we'd like to focus on the NHL a little bit more uh, which is great and then uh, we'll try and see if we can get Jeff Lloyd second from locked on Browns podcast to get his reaction to the draft which was a few weeks back but uh, always love his analysis and uh, of course we can talk some Browns and see how how he liked that. So uh, plenty to get to here on this week's edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. We're glad to be back. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Sports Blog Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. More to come here, Sports Blog Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and please be joined by my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stacking. How are you? Good, good. We're down to the final four. Uh, conference finals are going on right now. Washington, though, before we get to that, Washington finally got by the Penguins. The proverbial monkey is off their back. Uh, did you, when with how the series started, did you think it would ever be possible that Washington would take uh, take down the Penguins? Um, I mean, I thought I thought it could. I, I mean, to be honest, after that first series. And they were down 2-0, and they came back and won the next four games. I felt like the Penguins weren't that much better than them this year that they couldn't overcome something like that. So I think in the way they rallied and the way they, uh, you know, really outmuscled Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh in a lot of ways it just either didn't have the gas or, or in a lot of ways just wasn't the same team uh, this year. And uh, that, that allowed Washington to to muscle their way into the conference final. I think they've looked, and obviously they look great at this point, uh, given that they've won the first two games. Yeah, and they've been phenomenal on the road. 7-1 on the road, what, I think 3-3 three and three at home uh, in the playoffs here. The, we're, uh, game three is going on as we're recording this, so... Uh, well, we'll see if they can win that uh, this game. I mean, if they win this game, go up three nothing in the series with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a commanding lead. I mean, we've seen three zero comebacks in playoff series before, but I gotta think that it just feels like this is Washington's time. You know, they, the way they came out of the shoots in this series against Tampa Bay after they got by Pittsburgh. It, it, I think some people were expecting. To say that, oh, you know, Washington was just happy to get by Pittsburgh. Maybe they'll look a little relaxed, a little lackadaisical in the first, uh, you know, in the opening game or two of the series against Tampa Bay. 
not really. They have just come out and put the pedal to the metal, and they have made Tampa Bay look completely out of sorts. Yeah, and you know, the thing I would say about uh, Washington, for sure, is that they played uh, tough competition. I mean, when you run into Pittsburgh every year, yep. I think you get an idea of what you need to do to advance to the postseason. Offensively, they've been brilliant so far in the series. You know, veterans played great. They've gotten contributions. You know, goal scoring wise. If we're going to flip this on Tampa Bay, their defense has not been good. You know, and then that's even in front of the goaltender. And obviously, the goaltender hasn't played well either. So, um, you know, they've had real issues offensively. For that to happen, you know, in the two games you've got in your building, that's not uh, obviously ideal. But I think, you know, just from an offensive standpoint, you know, Washington sort of prepared themselves for this point. I I felt like the series was a lot more even than people were giving it credit for. We didn't really talk about this specific series. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it happened, but I just there are a lot of people just saying, well, you know, lightning in five or six or so, you know, and I just to me, I I felt like the Capitals um, were were very close in competition with with yep. the lightning. Now this may end up still being a close series before it's all said and done. But absolutely, I, I just I just think a lot of people did not give Washington the type of credit that they deserved, um, considering what type of regular season obviously they had. They were good again and. Uh, they found another year in the playoffs, which is exactly what you need. Yep. Yeah, and I think maybe people are just looking at the playoff history, which is it's to be fair, you know, the the Capitals hadn't make hadn't made it back to the Eastern Conference Finals since nineteen ninety eight. I mean twenty years. So I think right. who was on that team, you know, Adam Oates and uh I'm trying to think who was uh in goal Olaf Kolzig, I think, something something like that. I mean this is I mean, we're going back uh, you know, obviously a couple of decades here. and with Washington I'll be you know in the in the playoff bracket that you can fill out on NHL.com. I actually had Washington against Tampa Bay, um, the, the West. I don't even want to talk about that, but I I think that Washington just I always go to to your star players and Alex Ovechkin and T.J. Oshie. I think those are the guys uh, you know Kinets, uh Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov. Yep. Uh, I mean, those guys are what are what's going to stir the drink for the Capitals, and they're even doing this without Nicholas Backstrom, who's out with a hand injury right now. And yes, yep. I know that the Tampa Bay Lightning have Steven Stamkos and Callahan, and and they're very good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I just I trust, even though they haven't been in this spot before, I just trust the star players of Washington to kind of help guide them through. This and and take them on, and obviously I think the the move to go uh, to Holtby in Game Three back in the first round against Columbus has just really helped the, the team's overall confidence because Holtby's played pretty well in that he's been very solid overall. Yeah, and you can make the argument with Holtby. Obviously, you know they had different circumstances in in their goaltending decision, but he was relatively fresh in the postseason. Now, I mean, he had he had uh, not played a ton. I don't believe down the stretch in the regular season. And uh, I think that can help make a difference too when you're when you're coming in and you're focusing on the postseason. And he's certainly a guy who's played uh, in that in that level uh, previously. I would also say about Tampa Bay, and I do believe the Stanley Cup final, you know, like once in the last uh, five years or so. Yep. Um, Lost to the Blackhawks, if I remember correctly. Right. Right. But they have kind of developed, if this does not go their way, a reputation of not really finishing in the postseason either. So. Yep. I think that's a worthwhile thing to consider here going forward is that uh, the tables may turn a bit if this series continues on the way it is because uh, Tampa Bay has, has had terrific players. Stamkos, you mentioned him, mentioned 
And I, I think you can kind of run down the line and they have not been uh, as solid as they need to be. And so I don't know what exactly that would be, that contributing factor would be, but it is kind of interesting to have a, a bit of turn of fate there. If, you know, given Washington's offensive power, I, I think the, the, the key for the Lightning, if they want to come back and win this series, Vasilevsky's got to stand on his head pretty much. I mean, I right. just think there's so much firepower and star power with Washington. They're so good offensively. They'll find ways to score or manufacture scoring chances at a minimum here. Vasilevsky's going to have to play fantastic for Tampa Bay to come back and win this series. I would agree. I mean, it all it all really starts with them. They've got some guys that they, they really need to sort of work uh, around with him. Obviously, they had a, a Brady point score too late in game two, but uh, he's a guy they need to have have going in this series as well. So um, it's interesting when you think about Tampa Bay. They've got a lot of firepower offensively as well and just have not been able to utilize a lot of it. I think Washington has done a good job of slowing down Tampa Bay's speed, which is a big thing you got to do uh, defensively. I don't think Washington would be considered a you know defensive stalwart type team. I mean, we mentioned the offensive firepower, but they've been good enough in that regard. Absolutely. If, uh, if we speak next week here, are we going to be talking about the Capitals in the Stanley Cup final, or have, will the Lightning have made this a series? I honestly think we'll, we'll see a series. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily you know, rule out the Capitals winning this. You mentioned the, the road record. Uh, they've been better away from, from Washington than they have been at home, so maybe uh, that's where we need to be looking. Um, that's, that's probably a good sign for Washington. They just don't seem phased by that particular aspect of it. Washington to advance. I think the series could go for a while yet, though. I the you know the Western Conference Final I think is going to be going seven games. Uh, I would hope for Vegas's sake six because I don't know if you can go into Winnipeg and win a game seven. That series currently sits at one one. Uh, the Jets played absolutely fantastic in game one. The Vegas looked out of sorts. Uh, maybe it was the fact that they had a little bit more of a layoff. Um, you know, there was a questionable, maybe goaltender interference that uh, Vegas yeah. didn't challenge there in Game One. I don't know how much that would have changed. You know, the complexion of Game One, but you still probably have to challenge that there. But then Mark Andre Fleury turned the tables around in Game Two, and he said enough of this. Nate Schmidt was great defensively, uh, and you saw him if you watched the post game on NBCSN. They spotlighted him and everything, and all the good stuff that he did. So, uh, yeah, and two two goals from Marcia so as well. Yes, yeah, he's a big night for for Vegas. He's been absolutely phenomenal. So I I do see this series going seven, but that's a that was a huge response from Vegas in Game Two to get that three one victory over Winnipeg. I would make I would make the point since you're going, you kind of uh, dance right right around it, but didn't bump into it. Uh, you know, not many people thought that Winnipeg would go to Nashville in winning Game 7, uh, especially considering the way Game 6 went. They had it in their own building, and they just played uh, terribly. So yep. um, I, I would say if that scenario were to play out, and, you know, that would be the ultimate everybody doubting Vegas scenario once again, and they've proven uh, not to be doubted already this season. So I, I, I don't necessarily would say that Vegas can't can't do it in Winnipeg, and they got a big win in Game 2. I think that showed me more than anything that this may be a series. I had a, a fear there for a minute, especially with the way game one went, that this could be a shorter series. We could see Winnipeg win in four or five games. I'm, I've been, you know, they need Flurry big time, Vegas does. I mean, he played pretty well in game two. Uh, if the offense is there, I, I honestly think, you know, the whole Vegas aspect could be tougher on Winnipeg than 
in Minnesota, the crowd in, in Winnipeg is on Vegas. So that's an interesting element to this as well. And, you know, Vegas goes home, wins two games, all of a sudden 3-1. And, yep. I, you know, Winnipeg's good. They've, they've shown that they can uh, generate the offense quickly, but I would be a little concerned in that particular situation. I think we'll probably have a 2-2 series after after four games, and then all, all of a sudden we're in a, uh, a three-game uh, playoff to decide who's going to the, the Stanley Cup final. And if I were to venture a guess, I would say probably Vegas wins game three. I can only imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like in T-Mobile Arena there and I guess for for the Jets they were such a great team at home this year during the regular season and obviously they they trounced the Wild in the three games that they played at home but against the Predators they lost what two home games uh, yeah and then they've lost a home game uh, against Vegas already so some of the mystique of playing at home for the Jets seems to be wearing off on them a bit. Well, they're playing better teams, yep. uh, and that is uh, that is uh, in. That is uh, an insult to the wild, for sure. Yes, but, yes, no uh, doubt about I, it. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I just think uh, Vegas, you know, like we say, and it is it is becoming cliche at this point, they just are not worried about uh, the perception. I think they certainly knew they needed a winning game, too, but that's a team they don't need to be afraid of. But, you know, I'm. it's interesting how close the Nashville-Winnipeg series was in that there was, you know, seven games, but a lot of those games weren't that close. We had some good games, but, yep. uh, you know, it wasn't like every game went to the wire. Certainly, games six and seven uh, speak to that as well. But, I think um, only game two went to overtime. I think that was the only one-goal game in the series. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, with Winnipeg, defensively, they're not as sharp as, I mean, offensively, the firepower is there, and they are a solid defensive team, but... Uh, you've got the opportunity to score on them. I think you kind of have to get uh, to their their uh, goaltender, Connor Hellbuck, and I think if you're able to do that, you can have some success on the road. I don't think they're invincible, but uh, you got to come ready to rock, and you can't be intimidated by the fact that they've got you know 15,000 people right on top of you. Yeah. Um, so that's that's important. Well, the one thing that Winnipeg has is the size, of course, with with Bufflin and and the likes of you know. Of their defensemen, but the, for the the Knights, they have speed, and I think sometimes speed can out you know outlast the the size of Winnipeg. So I think that's the key for the for the Knight for the Golden Knights is if they can keep just putting that pedal to the metal and keep you know using their speed to their advantage. I think they have what it takes, and of course, Mark Andre Fleury. Like we talked in the Lightning Capital series, how Vasilevsky's got to be outstanding, and he's going to have to be the reason why the Lightning win. To that flip side, and I think you you mentioned it. Mark Andre Fleury is going to be the reason yeah. why Vegas wins this series. Yeah, certainly. I, I just think you know you, you made the, the point about speed. The Jets certainly have a lot of that. But yep. You, you can, if you can cancel that out and you kind of play similar games, I think that you can maybe make the argument that, that Vegas and Winnipeg do that. Um, then then it is uh, just sort of a, a matter of execution. And that's a big position, I think, for Vegas to be in in this series. I think I think Winnipeg is a more talented team, that's for sure. But yep. it, it, uh, yeah, I think you're at the point where you can, uh, you can see why Vegas is advanced and they are so skilled and they've got guys that uh, have just kind of been underestimated and, and they've got, the I think, the right goaltender in this particular situation to make a run. We should point out in uh, in Game 3, we're taping this right now, Tampa has scored twice since we uh, stopped talking about that series. So it's 3 nothing right now. Ouch. And it, it looks like Tampa Bay uh, is going to get one in this series. 
So. All right, they're going to make it a series here. That's not good, Washington. Come on. I hope I I want the Washington Vegas Stanley Cup final. I think that's the obviously that's the 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 matchup that would generate the most intriguing storylines. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to the Stanley Cup final, no doubt about it. There's going to be whoever's in it. There's going to be some very good teams in it, some worthy teams, no doubt. Yes. Do you have a second for a? a trivia question for me to quiz you absolutely i'll get this wrong in about 15 seconds here this is a this is a very short short question short answer and i'll I'll take a ballpark answer from you okay what would you what is your guess on the population for the city of winnipeg um i think they're slightly bigger than fargo so i will say maybe not um I'll say 210,000. But that's probably wow. way off. Now that that's a guess I would have I would have made. I would have maybe made a guess. I, I was thinking maybe like 300,000. It's 705,000 people. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. And so we talk about, you know, Winnipeg, you know, being a small market and it's Canadian yeah. and yeah, all that stuff, but uh, they have a lot more people in that city, that metropolitan area than I would have even guessed. I mean, Literally two times. Uh, Why the hell do they only have a 15,000-seat arena? I don't get that. Uh, Manitoba as a whole, about 1.3 million people. So, oh, my you know, goodness. A ton of people living in Winnipeg compared to the rest of the the province. That's not surprising, I don't think, to either of us. Nope. But, uh, 700,000 people in the city of Winnipeg. Um, that was shocking to me. I honestly thought, you know, like you did, you know, we're talking maybe 100,000 more than Sioux Falls or... Or Fargo, and it's like, wow, that's that's a lot more than I was than I thought. That's incredible. That be a Wikipedia. So if that's wrong, that's where I'm. Uh, that's where I'm blaming. All right, well, we'll blame Wikipedia then if their if their sources are off. <laughs> Very good, Marcus. I appreciate the time as always, and uh, hopefully we'll chat soon. We'll be talking about a Stanley Cup final matchup here. I'm sure. I'm sure here in the near future. All right, take care. All right, thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. Always great to talk hockey with Marcus. And uh, hell of a stat right there. 700,000 people in Winnipeg. I had no idea. Obviously, we hope that the Capitals can beat the Lightning. Not going good in Game 3 thus far. We'll see how the rest of the series plays out. And, of course, Vegas and Winnipeg as well out west. Uh, all those games can be found on either the NBC uh, Sports Network, NBCSN, or NBC. Check uh, the NHL.com, check ESPN, check wherever for schedules, times, and all the like, all the stats there. Good stuff there. Great talking hockey with Marcus Traxler. We're going to wrap up here the Sports Block podcast now, and uh, unfortunately couldn't... Uh, couldn't get a time schedule with Jeff. He's a very busy man, so um, hopefully we'll reconnect with him uh, one of these weeks here. Um, always enjoy talking with him, so uh, hopefully we can touch base, but he's a busy man. We always appreciate it when he makes time for us here on Sports Blog Podcast. So with that, we're going to kind of wrap it up here. Uh, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs going on here. We'll be talking plenty of that next week. Some more baseball. Uh we, you know, the Preakness Stakes are this week. Can Justify win the second jewel of the Triple Crown? I say yes. I believe he will win. He is the heavy money favorite. You're not going to win much money by betting on him, or it's going to take a lot more money to um, to 
to win. It, it's going to take a lot more money to bet in order you know, to, to win anything. So, uh, definitely, well, we'll see. And you know what? Now that the gambling's all, you know, not, well, it's legal or it could be legal in several states. New Jersey seems to be one of them. We talked about that right away at the outset of this podcast. So that's huge news there. Sports gambling. Uh, no longer federally prohibited. States can legalize it. We'll see which ones want to do it. The, the Northeast seems heavily in favor of it. You know, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, the Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, and then uh, you know, West Virginia, Delaware. They're all in on this, it sounds like. Um, and we'll see what other states follow. Uh, others inevitably will. Some won't. Uh, but I think you'll see a, a vast majority of the states at least... At least half, if not, or I think two thirds, is a far more likely. Uh, we're going to see at least two thirds, like uh, the states, more likely to have legalized gambling. I think here within the next three years, but we'll see. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how that changes the sports landscape. Uh, but again, the Preakness is this week. I will take Belmont. No, not no Belmont. I'm not taking Belmont. This isn't March Madness here. The Belmont stakes are a few weeks from now in June, and those won't matter nearly as much if Justify does not win the Preakness. I say he will win the Preakness, and then the Belmont. We're not talking Belmont Bruins here. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, do some damage in the NCAA tournament next year, assuming they win, what is it, the, uh, the Atlantic Sun? No? Big South? Oh, I can't even remember what division they're in, or what, the, what conference they're in. What league? Need to brush up here again on my college basketball conference uh, conferences. It appears like, but anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. Travis was great. Marcus was great. Uh, appreciate their time and perspective on things as always. So next week, more basketball, more hockey talk, baseball, and again, maybe talk some horse racing. At least let you know who won. The Preakness and see if Justify has a chance to win the Triple Crown. Oh, one last thing. The NBA Lottery, uh, congrats to the Phoenix Suns winning the NBA Lottery. You will not hear any conspiracy theory on me. I, I have been a vast... Um, I think the NBA has more conspiracy and and does more shady stuff than any other sports league when it comes to this stuff, especially tied to the lottery. Um but if the NBA really wanted to make the conspiracy theorists out there believe it is a rigged sport, to a degree anyway, uh, they would have had, for sure, the Cavs get a top three pick, be, or the Nets get a top three pick, because that pick goes to the Cavs. Um, maybe more likely chance that LeBron would stay. Maybe it will stay regardless, but uh, also you could have had the Knicks or the Bulls win... Um, win the number one spot, but no, it goes to Phoenix, Phoenix wins, so maybe DeAndre Ayton's gonna stay in the state, so if you want to, that's a very far stretch for the conspiracy theorists out there, and then you have the Kings with the number two spot, they really jumped up, but, uh, you know, they're looking to end the longest active playoff drought in the NBA, so maybe the, you know, a player at, that they can get at two will be the real deal and can lift them that, or lift them out of that, uh, drought next year. Maybe the NBA wanted to do that, but I, I highly doubt that. Interesting though that the first five picks are all going to come from the Western Conference bottom feeders, the bottom five, and then you have 
the next, what, five, six picks going to the East team. So it's weird how the NBA lottery worked out this year. But we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. Again, NBA NHL playoff talk as well as baseball and the like. Travis will join us. Hopefully we can get Marcus. And, uh, yeah, we'll just see where it all goes. So thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find us available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin. Also, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link to this podcast posted middle to later part of the week. Uh, thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. And we'll talk to you again next week. Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening. And please tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.